pretty short text tonight, but some very profound and powerful truths as we consider this. Uh, as we have gone through the book of 1 John, there's, there are a couple of words that kind of stand out that we, we see recurring uh, several times over and over, but one of them is the word confidence. We, we saw in uh, chapter 2 and verse 28, in fact, if you want to take a look at that, it says, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Then you go over to chapter 3 and verse number uh, uh, 21. It says, Beloved, if our heart condemn us, uh, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. And now here in uh, chapter 5 and verse 14, we find those words, this is the confidence that we have in him. And actually in chapter 4 and verse 17, there's a different word, but it's translated from the same Greek word, and it's, it's in verse 17, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. And that word boldness is the same word for the word confidence in those three other places. So throughout this book, there's a recurring theme of boldness and confidence before the Lord, which when you consider the kind of the theme and, and the purpose of this book, it makes perfect sense, right? The idea is that we are to examine ourselves uh, and examine the fruit of our lives to determine whether we are truly saved and walking in fellowship with the Lord and with His people. And if we know those things, then we are able to approach the Lord with boldness and confidence. We are able to approach even the judgment of the Lord. We are able to approach death with boldness and confidence without fear because we are confident, we know where we stand in the Lord. That's the, the concept and the idea. In fact, just the, the previous verses that we didn't read here tonight, but those that we looked at on Sunday night, dealt with the issue of having assurance of our salvation. And the, the kind of the central verse in that was verse 13, where it says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So the purpose of this was that we may know, that we might have confidence and assurance. But when we get to verses 14 and 15, there's a, a distinct purpose that is given for this confidence that we need to have in Christ. And this is to, that we may have confidence or boldness in our prayer life. Notice in, in verse 14, he says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So he's talking about praying and going to the Lord uh, with our needs and, and lifting our burdens to him, but doing so with confidence and boldness. The title of the message tonight is very simple, Boldness in Prayer. And I want to really ask you that question. Are you, when you pray, when you talk to the Lord... Uh, do you come to him with uh, timidity and fear uh, or kind of a, a reluctance? You know, Lord, I, I hate to bother you today. Or, or do you come to, to the Lord with, with boldness? Lord, I have a need. There is something that, that I need your help with or, or a situation that you need to intervene in. And, and, and Lord, I'm coming to you boldly and confident that you are ready, willing, and able to meet this need, to meet me in the place of need. And, and, and really, I believe that we'll see, even as we look at this tonight, 
that the Lord would have us to approach him with that kind of a confidence. That, that it is God's desire, it is his will for us to come before him boldly. But I want you to notice that if we are going to be able to pray with boldness, we need to have confidence in several things. First of all, we need to be confident in our position in Christ. We need to be confident in our position in Christ. Again, the context previous to the verses that we read is this idea that we may know that we have eternal life and then we find those words in verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. In other words, if you want to be able to have boldness or confidence in your prayer life, you must know that you are saved. You must have absolute assurance without any question that when you are talking to the Lord, you are coming to Him as your Father. I want you to hold your place here, but go with me, if you would, to the book of Luke and chapter number 11. Luke chapter 11, we find uh, the disciples asking Jesus to teach them about how to pray. And notice he says, it says in verse number 2, And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven. And he goes on and gives them the wording of what we know as the model prayer, or some would call it the Lord's Prayer. And there are several points within that that are important for us to understand as we pray, learning how to pray according to the will of God and such. But the, but the very first thing he said is that when you pray, say, Our Father. In other words, you need to be assured that when you are reaching out to the Lord with a need, that you are talking not only to the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, the, 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 the sovereign ruler of all things, you are also talking to your Father who loves you and cares for you as his own child. If we look down a little ways and uh, look at verse number 9 in chapter 11 here, it says, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And then he says this, If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish for a fish, or will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So what is he saying here? Well, he's, first of all, he told us that we're to pray to God as our Father. And then he says to them, hey... You, as earthly fathers who are evil, who are sinful, you know how to bless your children. You need to remember that your heavenly Father knows how to bless you in even greater ways. And that really is the confidence that we have, isn't it? Lord, I have a need, and, and I can be confident as I go to the Lord with this need. Lord, you are my Father, and I am your son. I am your daughter. I'm your child and, and as my father, I know that you desire what is best for me, and you desire to bless me, and you desire to help me. 
But see, if you don't have that confidence, if you don't have the assurance of your salvation, if you are not confident that God is your Father, then how could you possibly pray with confidence? My boys have no problem coming to me and asking me for things that they need or want. There are no qualms about that in our house. If they want something, they ask. Now, they don't always get what they ask, but they, but they have no problem asking. However, a couple of my boys are pretty shy. And if they said to me, uh, hey, Dad, could I have this or that? And I said, well, uh, why don't you go and ask Brother Bell? Well, they'd probably ask Brother Bell. If I said, uh, why don't you go and, and ask Brother McMillan? Now, Brother McMillan's not a mean guy. He's a pretty nice guy. He's pretty soft. But, if, but, but my boys who are a little bit shy, they'd probably say, no, it's okay, I'm not going to ask him. And I'd say, no, you go ask him right now. And they might come up to him and real timidly, you know, look down and, could I please have whatever it is, okay? Why? Because he's not their father, and they don't have confidence necessarily that in asking him, they're going to get what they need. In fact, they might feel as though they're, they're imposing upon him by asking. Really, when, when someone who does not have assurance of their salvation, who doesn't know God as their father, when they come to the Lord in prayer, really, they're not coming to him as a father. They're coming to him as a stranger. It's a lot harder to ask a stranger for something than it is your own father, isn't it? And so he says, when, when you pray, pray as unto the Father. Why? This is the confidence we have in him. We can come boldly unto him. Go to Hebrews chapter 4, if you would, please. Hebrews 4. And in Hebrews, this is a familiar passage of Scripture probably to most of us here. Hebrews chapter 4. It's been talking about Jesus our high priest and the, the rest that we have in Christ. But when we come to verse number uh, 13, it says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. But then look at verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Notice that word, therefore. Let us therefore come boldly. We know that God wants us to come before the throne of God boldly, but that is conditional upon something. It's conditional upon the fact that we know that we have a high priest. We know that Jesus is our Savior. We know that our sins have been forgiven and washed away by the blood of Christ. We know that we have a Savior who is our advocate on the, uh, on the right hand of the throne of the Father. And he's pleading on our behalf. And therefore, we can come boldly unto the throne. But listen, if you don't know Christ, and if you don't know that you know Christ... You don't know that he's your savior. How can you come boldly unto him? You can't. 
In fact, the Bible describes those who, who are lost as being under the wrath of God and being condemned already because they have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. The psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. How could you possibly, if you don't know that you're saved, how could you possibly come to the Lord confident that he's hearing you and that he's answering? So there's a condition, one of the conditions for, for us to be able to come to the Lord and to pray boldly is that we must have this assurance. We must be confident in our position in Christ. Okay, but as we go back to 1 John and chapter 5, not only do we need to be confident in our position, but we also need to be confident in the petition. What are we asking? Notice he says in verse number 14, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. In order for us to pray with boldness, we need to be confident that that which we are praying is according to the will of God. Now, this can be difficult because there are times that we can honestly say, I don't know the will of God in this situation or that situation. But I will say this, there are a couple of, couple of aspects of this. First of all, remember, uh, some people want to pray things that are expressly out of the will of God, and they know that, but they're praying that somehow God will just change his mind, you know? That's what they're hoping for. And if that's your approach to the Lord, can I just tell you, that's the wrong, wrong way to approach the Lord. Lord, this is my will, would you please make it your will? Actually, we're, we're taught in the scriptures just the opposite, aren't we? Lord, help me to align myself and my heart with your heart and with your will. And Lord, give me your mind and help me to understand. And while I may not even know specifically what your desire is in this situation, I'm going to tell you this is what I would like to see and this is what I think needs to happen. But ultimately, I'm resigning myself. Lord, do what you will in this situation. Just as Jesus was there in the Garden of Gethsemane and praying and, and crying out to his father and saying to him, Lord, if, if Father, if thou be willing, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Not my will, but thy will be done. Lord, this is what I want and this is what I think should happen, but I am ultimately resigning myself to your will because I am confident that your way is always best. There's that aspect of just yielding ourselves to the will of God. And sometimes we don't know the will of God. Other times, though, we do know the will of God. And we have some pretty, pretty solid ground to stand on when we, when we ask the Lord for those things. Let me give you an example. As I go to the Lord, let's say that on a, a Saturday morning we're going out on visitation, going to knock on some doors and... And obviously we're going to invite people to come to church and those things. But the goal really is not just to get people to come to church, is it? The goal is we want to be able to confront them about their soul and their need for Christ. We want to witness to them and, and give the gospel to them. Tell them what the Lord's done in our lives. So I'm going out and I'm going to go knock on some doors, but I have a problem. Here's my problem. I don't like confrontation. 
I might have other things that I would personally rather be doing. I'm not real comfortable with this. And I know that I might meet some resistance today. So what, I, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to the Lord and I'm going to ask Him to give me boldness to speak His word. To give me opportunities to witness to people. And, 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 and to go before me and to prepare hearts. And I can pray these things. And you know what? I can pray them with absolute confidence and assurance that the Lord is going to do this. How do I know that? Well, because I know that's what he wants me to do. It's something he's commanded me to do, but I need his help to enable me to do that which he's commanded me to do. To be a witness, to tell others about Christ. I need his help. But I can come before him and say, Lord, this is my need. Today, my, I, I, I'm struggling because I'm, a, I'm, I'm fearful. I'm nervous. I don't like talking to people about these things. I don't like confrontation. I don't like arguing, whatever the case is. And, and, and Lord, I'm just a little bit timid and not bold. But Lord, I'm trusting that as I go and do that which you've commanded me to do, I'm being obedient to your calling in my life that you will enable me and empower me and give me the strength that I need. Well, I know that to be true. I've got plenty of promises in the Bible that he will do that. It is the will of God. And so I'm praying according to his will. Lord, I, I, I'm trying to fulfill your will. Help me. Paul prayed for boldness, didn't he? He prayed that he asked the churches to pray that he would have boldness to speak the truth. Acts chapter 4, we find the, uh, the, the disciples there in Jerusalem uh, facing persecution and facing resistance from government leaders. And, and they're asking that the Lord would give them boldness and confidence to speak his word. And verse 31 of that chapter tells us when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. They asked according to his will and he answered. They prayed according to the will of God. You see, it really is not that difficult. Praying according to the will of God means this. As much as I know, as much as uh, has been revealed to me is the will of God, I can pray that with confidence. If I am unsure of the will of God, I resign myself to his will above all else. But I pray according to that which seems right to me, and I, I'm not praying to, uh, to fulfill my own lusts or desires, like, like James said, sometimes we ask amiss that we may consume it upon our own lusts. I'm not praying for my own selfish desires. I'm praying that the will of God would be done, and I can, I can pray with absolute confidence and boldness. Tonight, before uh, the service and and even as we were having our prayer time, I was talking to the Lord about this message. And, and one of the things I was praying was this, that the word of God would go forth and work in hearts, the hearts of his people. And you know, I can pray that with boldness. How can I pray that? Because I am confident that it is the will of God that we would have ears to hear and hearts to receive his truth, and that our lives would be transformed by the word of God. I know that to be a fact, and I can pray according to that with absolute confidence that God is going to do that. So we pray according to...
to his will. Now Jesus mentioned this uh, and talked about even praying in his name. If you remember in John chapter 14, 15 and 16, he made promises to us about praying to the Father in his name and that he would do the will, uh, that he would carry out those petitions so long as we prayed in his name. Now some people have interpreted that to mean as long as I, you know, put those words uh, in the end of my prayer in Jesus' name, then that must mean that God has to answer. Listen, praying and talking to God is not a, it's not a magic formula. We're not casting a spell on something, okay? It's not like you've got to, you know, use this potion and, and say these words. That's not prayer. Prayer is talking to the Lord. And, and it's really not just the words that we say. What does it mean, though, to pray in Jesus' name? Well, there's two aspects to it. First of all, you can't pray apart from Christ because it is only by the blood of Christ that we have access to the throne of God. We, we have no right or reason to come into the presence of the Lord and stand before His throne but by the blood of Christ shed for us. We read in Hebrews 4 a few moments ago that, that we're able to come to the throne of God because we have a great high priest. He is our high priest that gives us access to the Lord. We are, we are only able to come before the throne of God because we've been forgiven, because we've been washed in the blood, and it is on His behalf, it is because of what He has done that we are able to come to the Lord. So that's one aspect of praying in Jesus' name. The other aspect is this, though, and, and, and sometimes people get a little bit uncomfortable when you think about this, or when you talk about this, but to pray in Jesus' name literally means to speak on His behalf, to speak with His authority. Some of you have probably had uh, the unpleasant uh, experience of having to care for uh, aging elderly parents who maybe are no longer able to take care of themselves. And at some point, they get to a place where even mentally they're not really sharp enough to make good sound decisions. And a lot of times what will happen is there is a, a process where there is a signing of power of attorney that is handed over from uh, a, a person who's not able to make decisions on their own behalf. It's handed over to their children or, or someone that they trust to make those decisions for them. That person who has power of attorney has the authority to make business transactions and write checks and and make medical decisions and all those kinds of things because what they're essentially doing, they are not the individual, but they have been given authority by the individual to act on their behalf. Do you know that Jesus has commissioned us in this world to act on his behalf? He has. And we actually have a degree of authority that comes from the Lord Jesus to execute His will on His behalf or in His name. Think about this. That doesn't just give us the right to do whatever we want to do. 
someone who is authorized to speak on behalf of another, their job is to execute their will to the best of their ability. You are not executing your will, but the will of the person that you have been entrusted to, to act on their behalf, right? When we have been given this authority from the Lord, it's not so that we can go out and say, now I'm in charge and I make the decisions. No, what are we to do? We're to align ourselves with the word of God and the will of God and in his name execute his will. And in prayer, that's what we're doing. When we pray in Jesus' name, we're literally saying on behalf of Jesus and because of Jesus... I believe this, Lord, I, I know that I'm in, imperfect and I am a sinner and, and I can miss the will of God, but, but to the best of my ability, I believe this to be the will of God and I, I'm asking that you would accomplish this, not on my merits and not because of my desires, but in the name of your son, Jesus, that you would fulfill his desires, that your will would be accomplished here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray in the name of Jesus because of his sacrifice for us, but also on his behalf. And here's the good news. You say, well, that seems a little bit, you know, I mean, we're imperfect people. How can we really pray in the name of Jesus knowing the will of God? Here's the thing. We have the Holy Spirit within us that guides us in how we ought to pray. Because according to Romans 8 and verse 26, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. Why? Because we know not what to pray for as we ought. We don't always know how to pray, so it, it behooves us then to be led of the Spirit even in our prayer. But it also says that, but that, that the Spirit, in fact, let's go there because I, I don't, I'm going to misquote it. But go with me to Romans chapter 8, if you would. Romans 8. In verse number 26, explains this for us. Romans 8, 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. What does that mean? Well, essentially this is what it means. There's a language that God speaks. <laughs> And the Holy Spirit interprets for us. And sometimes we speak things that are, uh, maybe aren't exactly what they ought to be, but he translates them like they ought to be. <laughs> it, it's kind of a, a funny thing. I, I've, uh, I've preached in, in many places around the world, and at times I've preached through an interpreter. Uh, if you get a really good interpreter, they sometimes know what you're going to say before you say it. And they're just right there with you, you know. And I've, I've talked to some of these interpreters that have interpreted for maybe a, a young preacher or someone who's, you know, struggling a little bit. <laughs> and they've said that there have been times that they said something that eh, maybe wasn't exactly right and they fixed it for them. <laughs> now that's not really what an interpreter is supposed to do, okay. But that's kind of what the Holy Spirit does <laughs> when we pray. Uh, we're 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 feeble, and, and we struggle, and we come up short. But the Lord knows the need, and he helps our infirmities. He makes up the difference, okay? He, he makes up for our imperfections because he is perfect. We don't always know what to pray for, but he makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Look at verse 27. And he that searcheth the hearts 
knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What does that mean? That means as you're praying, yielded to, Lord, whatever you want, and as you are praying and seeking the will of God, the Holy Spirit that is searching your heart looks within you and says, this person sincerely desires my will. Now, he doesn't necessarily know exactly what the will of God is, but I know what it is. And because his heart is yielded to my will, I'm going to make intercession for him. I'm going to fix this and make sure that his prayer aligns with the will of God. We have the Holy Spirit that helps us to pray in the name of Jesus and execute the will of God. So when we understand this, when we pray and we talk to the Lord with a submissive heart, confident in his salvation that he has given to us, I'm going to God not as, uh, not as a stranger but as my heavenly Father and to the best of my ability seeking that his will would be accomplished in the name of Jesus, I can be confident in this, that he hears me. He hears me. Back to 1 John 5, if you would. 1 John 5. If we're going to pray with boldness, we have to have confidence in our position in Christ. Secondly, we have to have confidence in our petitions, that they are according to the will of God. And thirdly, we are able to have confidence in the performance of those things. In other words, we can be confident that the Lord will hear us and will answer. Verse 14, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Can I just say to you, it is good to know that when I come before the Lord in prayer, that my prayers are going higher than the ceiling. It's good to know that. You know why it's good to know that? You know why it's good to have that confidence? Because sometimes I don't always feel that way. You know what I mean? Sometimes I pray and I feel like I've just got this connection with God. I, I mean, I just, I, I, I can sense it. It's like he's in the room with me. And I'm talking to him. And it's, it's as though he's talking to my heart as I'm praying and talking to him. And, and we have this fellowship. And then there are times that it's like, Lord, hello, are you there? And I know I'm not alone in that. Because read through the Psalms and, and see how many times David cried out and, and basically asked the same question. Are you hearing me? Are you going to answer me? How long before you answer me? I mean, I'm, I'm pouring my heart out. Where's the response, you know? Sometimes we feel that way. But I'm so thankful that our faith is not rooted in how we feel. It's rooted in what we know. It's rooted in the confidence we have that according to his word, we have this promise. And here's the promise. This is the confidence we have in him. If I am his child and I am praying according to the will of God, I can know that he's hearing me. I know that my requests are making it beyond the rafters here and they're going before the very throne of God and entering into the ears of the one who is in control of everything. He is hearing me. He's listening to my requests. He's seeing my needs. And regardless of how I feel, this is what I know. I know that I know that I know he hears me. He hears me. But not only does he hear me, 
verse 15, and if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. This, this is so encouraging to me. If I know that he hears me, I can also know that it will be done. I have God's word on it. I have God's word on it. Now, I know that there are times that we pray and it seems like the Lord's not answering. Or I prayed for this and that's not what came to pass. But here's the telling part. If I prayed for this to happen and it didn't happen and that causes me to lose faith in God's ability to answer prayer that seems to indicate that maybe I wasn't really praying according to the will of God trusting the will of God and the heart of God I was praying according to my own desires and because I didn't get what I thought I should get then I'm mad at God about that if I'm really resigned to his will, Lord, not as I will, but as thou wilt, then whatever, whatever happens, I can be confident. Lord, you answered. You did. I know you did your will. How do I know that? I don't maybe understand it all. But I, I'm confident that your will was accomplished because your word said it would be. And so even if it wasn't exactly what I wanted, Lord, I'm trusting that it was done. And I want you to notice this too. The, the wording, and sometimes not just the words themselves, but the, the, the grammar and the, the, the tense of the word is so important for us to understand things. Verse 15, if we, we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, that we know that we have the petitions we ask. It doesn't, it doesn't say that we will have or someday we might have. It says that we have them. In other words, when God determines something, it is as good as done. It's done. What does that mean? That means if tonight you go home and you kneel beside your bed and you cry out to your heavenly father in faith about a need or a situation in your life. You can go to bed tonight in peace trusting that God has already taken care of it. You don't have to lay awake and fret and toss and turn and wonder and worry. It's done. If you know that he hears you, you know that you have the petitions you ask of him. If I have a need, I have a problem, I have a burden that I'm carrying, I can go and I can take that to the Lord, I can give it to the Lord, and I can rest in peace that God who's in control has it under control. He's already got it taken care of. I've done what I can do. I've given it to him, and now I can sleep in peace knowing that my God has taken care of it. That is a wonderful, wonderful truth. I hope tonight that you have learned or are learning to pray with boldness. I hope that you have assurance and confidence in your salvation. Listen, if you don't have that, listen, this is just one 
area that's affected by it, but really everything in your life, if you're struggling, if you're floundering, you're saying, I'm not sure if I'm saved or I'm lost. Or, I, this, is, this is one of so many things that are negatively affected by that. You need to get that settled with God. You need to get it settled now. Because that really is the foundation for, for the confidence and the boldness that we can have in serving the Lord. We need confidence in our position, but also as we learn to pray with boldness, we, we need to have confidence in our petition. Lord, I want your will to be done. I, I, I want to know your will as I study your word, reveal your will to me. And ultimately, what I don't understand, I'm just going to trust it to you. I'm going to put it in your hands and trust you for it. And I'm going to be confident in the, the performance of those things. I'm going to trust that you will do whatever is necessary. Let's learn to pray with boldness.